You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. becoming painfully aware that you do not care enough about lost souls, that's a good indication that you really do care. It's a good indication that the Holy Spirit is nudging you and said, let's care a little bit more about some of these people. Let's give some of these people a chance to come into my kingdom. Some of you might be embarrassed because maybe you've never led anyone to the Lord. The fact that it even crosses your mind is a good thing because if you didn't care, you wouldn't even think about it. You wouldn't even care about it. It would be something that you would just push off or cast aside. What is needed is the power of God. As we come closer to Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit into our lives, we will feel a longing to save unbelievers. Pastor Dave challenges us today to be aware of the lost souls around us. There is still time for them to be saved, and it's through us that the Holy Spirit can reach them. Pray to be used as a light for the kingdom. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of Acts chapter 2 as he continues his message, Peter's Sermon. You are We always want to keep Jesus at the focus of our church. We always want to keep Jesus as the focus of our worship. We always want to keep Jesus in the forefront of everything we do, of everything we say and everything we are. We have our example, Jesus Christ. It was Christ-centered. It was scriptural. It was simple. It was convincing. The scripture says that the men heard his testimony And they were cut to the heart and convicted by the Holy Spirit, causing them to ask, what shall we do? I mean, that's that's the witnesses, the person who witnesses dream. It's the evangelist's dream, is that after you get finished describing the gospel message, that someone would say, well, what do I do? Oh, are you kidding me? That's what everybody wants to hear. So Peter's sermon drew them. It convinced them that they needed something. It convinced them that they needed Jesus Christ. The sermon was also practical. He began answering the question, what does this mean, from verse 12, and he ends by answering another question, what shall we do? In between, he tells them about Jesus. This is a very matter-of-a-fact, point-point sermon. Peter's sermon was attention-getting and relevant. Peter got their attention and got straight to the point. He told the crowd, we're not drunk. We've had nothing to drink because it's on Pentecost holiday. We haven't done the sacrifices yet. The law of Moses says that they had to do the sacrifices before they ate and drank anything. Traditionally, this means that the sacrifices were at least an hour away since it's the 9 o'clock in the morning. It's the third hour. The sacrifices were at least an hour away, which means they weren't going to eat for at least another two hours. And they only had wine when they ate. So they couldn't possibly be drunk with new wine, as some had asked. But we want to look through these scriptures today in verses 16 through 41, all the way down. And over the next several weeks, we're going to look at what specifically made this sermon Peter's great. He identifies three things that needed to be attended to. He needed to explain what had happened and why. He needed to explain about Jesus, and he needed to get them to the point where they were ready to respond, as I had said. We're only focusing on verses 16 through 21 today. Peter answers this question, whatever could this mean? Again, we see Peter's knowledge of the Scripture 
as he correctly applies what was said by the prophet Joel to what the 120 believers did and what the other men saw and heard. Peter correctly applies this. Peter explains that those gathers there, what they had witnessed was none other than a fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. This is important because his prophecy decides and describes for us an entire new age, an entire new age that's being ushered in by the Holy Spirit. And I told you, it's the age of grace. In verses 17 and 18, we begin this prophecy. And then it shall come to pass in the last days, says our God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men, servants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I always look at this and I always go, wait a minute. Your young men shall dream, your, your, your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Am I having visions or dreams? Let me see. I have to think about that sometime. Check out all my age limit there. But again, we see the importance of the Word of God to Peter. Peter doesn't just try to explain that this phenomenon is something that had a physical explanation. Do you ever watch these crazy channels on TV, like History Channel and National Geographic? And these they always try to explain away God's miracles by natural causes. You ever see those things? They drive me crazy because they always have, well, you know, they passed when Moses took them to the Red Sea, you know, it was, a, it was a reed sea and it was only this high and there must have been some wind blowing. So naturally, well, that's not what the Scripture says. Does this much drown Pharaoh's entire army? I don't know. Anyhow, I love those things when it goes on TV. It drives me crazy. But Peter says there's not a physical explanation. There's a spiritual explanation. He takes them right to God's Word. When Paul was writing young Timothy, we've used this scripture before, he explains to him the importance of the Word of God, the importance of the knowledge coming from the Word of God, and the importance of applying that knowledge to your lives. Something that is extremely important to us even today. 2 Timothy 3.16, Paul says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. What's it profitable? For doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction for righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Word of God. The Word of God is what changes our lives, what prepares us for the work that we're to do. It's the Word of God that prepared Peter to do this good work as he's being nudged by the Holy Spirit. We spoke of this so many different times. The Scriptures can be our guide for all who are seeking God and wanting to live a life dedicated to Him, equipping them for every good work. Peter knows all too well the feeling of being separated from God. And Peter knows very well what it's like to be brought back into the relationship with Jesus, with God through Jesus Christ. He knows redemption. He knows joy because he's experienced firsthand the joy, the joy that comes from that. So Peter's being led by the Holy Spirit. He speaks out, and he's using Scripture to answer the questions. Notice Peter didn't have any prep time. Makes me look like a pulper. I spent a couple days preparing for messages. Peter didn't have any prep time. He didn't have any concordances. He didn't have any commentaries. He just stands up and gives this message. We don't know how long it takes. And he uses the Word of God. He has it memorized. And he uses the Word of God. And he tells the people about Jesus Christ. I mean, look at that. That's a beautiful thing. Was he afraid? Doesn't say. Was he nervous? It doesn't say. How do we know? How did Peter know what to say? How did Peter know what to say to these people? What would quick them to the heart? What would cut them? Well, we know from Scripture that the Word of God is sharper than a two-edged sword. 
and it cuts to the marrow and the bone. We know that. So he uses the word of God. But there's really something really cool happened in the book of Exodus when Moses was called by the Lord to be a spokesperson and to speak to Pharaoh. He shook with anxiety. He shook with fear, the scripture says, because he was slow of speech. Listen to this conversation that Moses and the Lord have in Exodus 4, verse 10 to 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow to speech and slow of tongue. Moses is pleading, oh, Lord, you got the wrong guy, man. I'm just a bozo. I can't do this. I stutter. That's what slow of speech means. I, I can't do this. So the Lord said to him, who has, made God, who has made man's mouth? Who makes the mute? Who makes the deaf? Who makes the seeing or the blind? Have not I, the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be your mouth, and I will teach you what you shall say. You want to know what to say? Step forward. Put up your mouth, and God will speak. God will speak. You may have the same feeling about witnessing at school, at your workplace, at home with your family. You may have the same feelings about witnessing. You're trembling and shaking. If I open my mouth, I don't know what to say. I'm not a learned person. I don't know the Scriptures. That's okay. God has written the Scriptures on your heart. And the Holy Spirit through you will give you what to say. Have you ever been witnessing to somebody and, or talking about the Lord? And all of a sudden, you bring forth this obscure scripture that you know you didn't memorize, and you're like, where did that come from? That's the Lord. That's how he works. He gives you these things to say. But there's a difference between when Moses was dead, what happened to Moses, and us. Because in the Old Testament, we read about the Spirit of God coming and going all the time. God would place the Spirit upon somebody for a specific time, and then he would pull that Spirit away and use it over here for something different. We read about that all the time. This is why David, the psalmist, the king, in Psalm 51, after his indiscretion with Bathsheba, after he had her husband Uriah killed, says to God real clear like, do not cast me away from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Because David knew the importance of the Holy Spirit. That's Psalm 51.11. The Spirit was only given at certain times. But now, today, today when you are born again, it means that the Holy Spirit is in you. It's indwelling. And then when you ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you for power, you have constant power, constant words of life every time you go and everywhere you go. See, after Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon believers with power, it gave them renewed strength to accomplish what the Lord wanted them to do. It's still available today because we're still in the age of grace, praise God. We are still in this age. When you want to speak God's word to someone, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, to give you words of life. Jesus talked about this same thing in Luke 21, verses 7 through 19. Now, we're not going to read the whole passage, but he talks about this in relationship to the last days and the great persecution that is coming against all believers in Jesus Christ. He says in verse 14, Therefore, settle it in your hearts not to meditate beforehand on what you will answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries will not be able to contradict or resist. He's saying, don't sit there and think about what you're going to say when this time comes. When you open your mouth, I'm going to give you the words to say. And these people will not only be able to resist their words, they won't be able to contradict your words. How do you contradict the Word of God? Many people try to contradict the Word of God. Many people try to say, oh, this isn't true. This was made by men. We know it to be true. We know what it's done for us in our lives. We know that what has happened in our own lives. 
Peter knew something inside him had changed. He knew that he experienced the power of God, and he knew that God wanted him to speak to these men. He got the old Holy Spirit nudge, talk to him. It's happened to you. It happened to Cheryl and John in Panama as they would drive down the street. They would see somebody, and the Holy Spirit would just kind of give them a nudge, and you know that you have to talk to that person. It happened to me at the post office that one day when I knew I had to talk to these people. There are times when you're walking around and you know you need to talk to someone. You need to speak to them about the Lord. The beginning of Joel's prophecy is the dawning of the new age, the age of grace, a wonderful time when all who come to the presence of the Lord, men servants and manservants, all alike, it's not exclusive. Back then, most of the people in the temples were men. They didn't let women into the temple, or at least in that part. They were exclusive. Christ is not exclusive. He's inclusive. Everyone, whosoever will, may come. He doesn't put a a limit on who can accept his love. That offer is still available today. The age of grace has not ended yet. Brings us to verse 19 and 20. Joel's prophecy continues. Peter says, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Wow. We know that that great and awesome day of the Lord is Jesus' second return. It's when he comes, his second coming. Is that the end of age of grace? I don't believe so. I believe that the end of age of grace is the rapture of the church. I believe that when we are raptured out of here, when all believers are gathered together in the air and we are taken to be with Christ forever, I believe that is the end of age of grace. Because then the tribulation period starts. And it says in order to get into heaven after the tribulation, you must be a martyr. That doesn't sound like grace. It means you have to have your head chopped off. It doesn't sound like grace to me. But he says, he describes this day of the Lord, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. Sun's going to be darkness and the moon's going to be blood. This is a manifestation of the Lord and power of his glory and his justice. These incredible occurrences can be found all throughout the Bible. All the Old Testament prophets talk about these coming times. And John, in the book of Revelation, speaks of these exact same times. But we believe that we won't be around for that. We believe that the rapture of church, Christ will come for his church, meet us in the air, and we'll be gone. And that will end the age of grace. Peter opened this beautiful sermon by ushering in the age of grace with a perfect quotation from the book of Joel. It's the application of Joel's prophecy that we see the ground for greatness in Peter's sermon. Peter knew Joel's prophecy by heart. He was full of Scripture. He was full of God's Word, but he was full of the Holy Spirit also. It was the Holy Spirit coming out of him, pouring out of him. He was not only quoting the Scripture, but he was describing the state he was in. He's not drunk. We're not drunk. We're filled with the Holy Spirit, just as Joel prophesied. This happened, guys. This happened, people. This has come to pass. It has been fulfilled. The allos parakletos has arrived. Allos parakletos is Greek. It literally means another helper exactly like Jesus Christ has come. It's almost as if when Peter spoke, it was Christ speaking himself. When you speak the words of God, it's Christ speaking through you. You can't take credit for it. It's Christ that speaks through us. I can't take credit for a message that I deliver. It's Christ speaking. It's the Holy Spirit speaking into your hearts what needs to be said. This message was written three or four days ago. God wants to speak it into your lives and speak it clearly. This is what Paul was saying when he's talking about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. He says in in, um, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15.10, 
He says this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I, Paul says, labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace that dwells within me. Paul's saying, you don't understand. You see me doing all this stuff. It's not me. And he says, it's Jesus in me. Our Christianity is an oxymoron. It's an active rest. It's an active rest. As I'm resting in the Lord, I'm doing all these things, but I'm resting in the Lord knowing that the Lord's doing them. And I want people to see the Lord, not me, as these things are done. And this, again, is scriptural. Matthew 5, verse 16, Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify Father in heaven. I don't take the reward. Christ gets the reward. I don't take the glory. Christ takes the glory. When we're witnessing to somebody, Christ gets the glory. It's his for the taking. We want him to have it. We're doing this out of the abundance of the love that he has given to us. It has nothing to do with me. I am just a vessel. In fact, I'm a crackpot. One that he might use mightily. Why? I have no idea. But he's, not only does he dispense grace, but his sovereignty is perfect. And God shows compassion on whom he has compassion. He shows mercy on whom he has mercy. And God chooses whom he will use. Why did God call Abraham out of the Earl of Chaldees to make a great nation? Because he's God. And his word is sovereign. He calls all to repentance. I know that for sure. He calls all. When we apply this to our lives, we must realize that there's an intimate connection between being filled with the Holy Spirit and being filled with the word of God. In Colossians 3, verse 16, it says, Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or do in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. No matter what you do, do it in the name of the Lord. So Peter begins this great sermon. He begins this wonderful time. With the Word of God. No notes. Probably didn't even know what he was going to say until he received the Holy Spirit nudge. Very much like Andrew Meekin. Didn't know he would be on an airplane that was going to be doomed that day. Didn't know he was going to get, be able to get the Holy Spirit nudge and stand up and speak the Word of God into 20 people's lives. 20 people. Most of us will never be put in this situation. But what about the everyday situations that we're in? Is there a burning desire in your heart for the lost? People are dying everywhere, and unfortunately, most do not know where they're headed. Examine yourself. Does that desire to see the lost come to Christ exist within your heart today? Be honest with yourself. Measure yourself. Measure the response by your behavior, not by your good intentions. Do you really care about the plight of the unbeliever? Every every believer I know, all of you know people who are in danger of dying at any moment without knowing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. These are pretty hard words, and I think probably you might think, Dave, you're being a little harsh right now. Yeah, I guess I am, but you know what? There's fingers pointing right back at me, too. They are hard words. They're tough to swallow, but this is what I want to encourage you with. If you're becoming painfully aware that you do not care enough about lost souls, that's a good indication that you really do care. It's a good indication that the Holy Spirit is nudging you and said, let's care a little bit more about some of these people. Let's give some of these people a chance to come into my kingdom. Some of you might be embarrassed because maybe you've never led anyone to the Lord. The fact that it even crosses your mind is a good thing because if you didn't care, you wouldn't even think about it. You wouldn't even care about it. It would be something that you would just push off or cast aside. 
What is needed is the power of God. What is needed is the Holy Spirit to enable us and empower us to be His witnesses. Remember Acts 1, 8, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be my witnesses. That's the purpose. That's the purpose that the Holy Spirit came, to be a witness. We just need to ask Him and give us His Spirit. Don't let your past sins keep you from all that God has called you to do. Remember Peter. Here he is preaching a sermon only 50 days after completely failing the Lord and denying him. 50 days he's before all these men preaching an evangelical sermon. He wasn't worried about his past sins. He was walking in the newness of Christ. After Peter's denial, Christ had been crucified. All sins were gone. Then Christ was raised today. Do you know that that tomb is still empty? Wow. That tomb is still empty and Christ is still alive today, praise God. He's still on the throne, praise God. We see Peter quoting Scripture before this huge crowd of well over 3,000 people. people. Peter wanted these people to know Jesus Christ. They wanted them to come to a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ. Peter had a burden for the lost. And you know what? This doesn't come naturally. This is not something you can work up that you have, oh, I have such a burden for the lost. And you give and give. We have philanthropists, people who give to others, all over the world, giving tons and tons of money away, you know? Every time Oprah gives her entire uh, audience a car, she goes, look at me. I did that. Well, that's wonderful. But you're going to burn and die, dear. We do because God has given to us. We don't do out of a motive of what can I get or what the world wants to see in me. We do out of a motive, but look what Christ did for me. And I want you to have that same. It's not something that I'm looking to be bolstered up and, and I'm not trying to build a church of Dave. Heaven forbid. Try to build the church of Jesus Christ. He's the one that calls men to himself. He's the one that gives you the ability to speak boldness when it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit. And the age of grace continues today. And the greatest fact about the age of grace is found in verse 30, 21. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Praise God. That's today, right now. The age of grace still exists. God has entrusted us with an important message, a message of hope, a message of life, and a message of freedom. God wants the message to be shouted from the rooftops. He wants us to proclaim the name of Jesus everywhere we go. In word, in deed, in act, he wants us to proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. He wants all to come to repentance. All would come and not be lost. God has authorized us to teach this message. He's authorized us to go and teach this message. Everyone we come in contact with, He called us to go. He's called us for such a time as this. He's called you for such a time as this. And time is getting short. Time is getting very, very short. And we are on an airplane that is doomed. God has entrusted us with this message. God has given us the authority to carry out this message. And God has empowered us by the Holy Spirit to deliver this message. You don't have to wait until it's a matter of life and death, my friends, because it already is a matter of life and death. You are when Jesus left earth following his resurrection, his followers weren't sure what was next. They had instructions from their Lord and Savior, but not much else. However, they chose to trust that what Jesus said was true and was going to change their lives. It did. The Holy Spirit came upon them, and they began to minister to the world in ways they'd never have been able to do on their own. Is Jesus asking you to follow His instructions today? 
Maybe he's only given you a piece of the journey, or maybe he's asking you to wait. Take a cue today from the members of the early church. Trust Jesus to come through with his promises and change your life. We're so glad you tuned in to Assure Hope. We'd like to hear from you and learn how we can be praying for you. So please give us a call. Our number is 609-884-5821. If you'd like to hear more messages from this series in the book of Acts, you'll find them at assurehoperadio.com. There are several teachings on various books of the Bible available online for download. And we encourage you to share them with your friends and family. You can also receive a CD copy of today's message by calling us. Again, our number is 609-884-5821. That's all we have time for today. We're so glad we can share God's Word with you through this ministry. Pastor Dave will have more to share from this verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter study of the book of Acts. So we hope you'll join us again right here on A Sure Hope.